It's time to get all set for Sunday, a podcast for busy and distracted Catholics with your hosts, Scott Williams and Jeff Trailer. When I hear the coffee brewing, I think, what the heck we doing? Because I got barely any sleep last night. As the diaper bag I pack with hot wheels, dollies, and some snacks, I say, oh, pray there'll be a seat in the cry room this time. It's all right, because I'm all set for Sunday. It's all right, cause I'm all set for It's all right, cause I'm all set for It's all right, cause I'm all set for Sunday Welcome to All Set for Sunday, a podcast for busy and distracted Catholics to be a little more prepared for Sunday Mass. My name is Scott Williams. My co-host is Jeff Trailer. What's up? Hey, Scott. Hey, bud. How's it going? Uh, it's good. Glad that we're back. Yeah? Yeah. I'm really bad at booking our podcast oh. i just want to put it out there to the world i'm really bad at this luckily we have some amazing friends and priests who are willing to jump on with us at a moment's notice because i'm a slacker so yeah, next sorry week everybody got... for missing no i'm kidding because next week we have <laughs> whoever the next sucker is that says yes so father jonathan meyer how are you i'm doing fantastic Where thank are you, you so much are you in a prison I... in prison ministry today I'm not in a prison. It might look like it from the background behind me, but I am actually currently in what is known as Bear Branch, Kentucky, which is... Oh, beautiful Bear Branch. Yeah, beautiful. It's a destination resort, mainly for the most part. People come here <laughs> when they want to, you know, really see the world and relax. So, no, I'm, uh, I have 86 of my parishioners here for a alternative spring break mission trip. So, these are some young people who made the choice to say, I'm not going to go somewhere and be selfish and be served. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go somewhere and serve. And so these great uh, young people are uh, today. uh, I know some of them are putting vinyl siding on to some trailers. They're re-roofing trailers. They are uh, putting a shower in a trailer. They are putting in a ramp into someone's house who just had a stroke. Mm -hmm. And so they are doing direct service to people here in Appalachia. And it really is a beautiful, beautiful thing. So we offer this every single year. And thanks be to God, it's become part of kind of our culture that our young people uh, do this as a yearly option. So it's really, we've been doing it so long. It's really awesome. We have some seniors this year, and this is their fourth time coming on oh, wow. these trips. That's awesome. So it's just, it's pretty awesome. We had the one year with COVID. So like, but we're pretending that we had a mission trip that year because then we can say they did it for four years in a row. Yeah. Nice. I like that. Yeah. Well, yeah, me too. I, on as a trailer myself, I want to say thank you for your service to my people. Oh, that's um, beautiful. That is beautiful. Thank you, Jeff. That's your trailer. last name is trailer. Yeah, you did yeah. it. Got it. You did it. It's spelled differently, it. but it's what's fun. the name of the 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 city you're in? Tell so me. it's called Bear it's called Bear Branch. Bear Branch. Do you I know jokes about it? bears? Um you really I want I know to some, tell me I know, a joke? Yeah, I do. I, All right. I know some I know, I can I just say that I know some cow jokes. They're the only jokes that I know. So I'm just saying, if we're going to start with animal jokes, like I'm just saying, tell the bear joke and then we're going to do some cow jokes. All right, father, a bear walks into a bar, sits down at the bar. Bartender says, what do you have? Bear says, I'll have a rum. And a Coke. And he says, okay, rum and Coke, like we can do that. But do you mind me asking what's with the large paws? The bear looks at him and goes, I'm a bear. (laughs) Get it because bears have paws. I do. Large. Large. <laughs> Can I tell my three cow jokes real quick, or is this inappropriate? Sure. 
Whatever. Okay, so here, here's my th- these are the only jokes I have. Talk about busy and distracted Catholics. <laughs> <laughs> these are the only three jokes that I have memorized. So first <laughs> joke is this. What do you call a cow that has no legs? Ground beef. Oh, see, you're supposed to at least like play oh, along. Sorry. What is it, what father? You, ground beef. <laughs> what do you call a cow that has no back legs? I don't know, father. What do you call a cow with no back legs? An utter drag. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what do you call a cow that just gave birth? I don't know, father. What do you call a cow that just de decaffeinated? <laughs> <laughs> All right, I got one last one. All you right. know what you call okay. a fish with no eyes? What do you call a fish with no eyes? <laughs> I don't get it. It's the word fish without an eye. Oh my gosh. That is hilarious. That's good. <laughs> All, right. All right, Jeff, two minute drill. Ooh, yeah. At least we're finally there. If you were fast forwarding, now you're caught up. Yeah. And uh, here we go. Two minute drill this week for Sunday in Lent. Uh, we're going to go with the readings for the fourth Sunday from your C though. Some of you this weekend, uh, if you have the elect present uh, for your mass, those who are, uh, the going through the RCIA, right? Then you may hear the second scrutiny readings, but we're not going to do those. Uh, this week, we start off with the first reading from Joshua. Uh, the Lord says, reproach removed, Egypt. I'm going to take away your reproach. You're good to go. Um, and they celebrated the Passover. The Israelites celebrated the Passover. They were very excited, but then the manna stopped, and it was a good indication to them that uh, their year of yield uh, was over and they could move forward. Uh, our response to Psalm this week, taste and see the goodness of the Lord. Banger alert. You talk about a banger. I like just, I close my eyes and just, mm. I envision just, oh man, guitar mass at some of these churches. If anyone went to daily mass yesterday, by the way, it was the worst mumbler of the whole entire year. Oh, well, I just got to throw that out there. Do you remember you know what it was? Um, no, I can, um, hold on. I can give it to you. Um, hold on here. Hold on. Don't, don't fret. God is with us as I find this, this literally was the response to Psalm yesterday for a bunch of teenagers on a mission trip. <laughs> a thirst is my soul for the living God. When shall I go and behold the face of God? That is it. Like seriously, a thirst is my <laughs> Did soul. Did anybody get God. it? <laughs> I, I actually began my homily by congratulating uh, one of our adults who clearly had a Roman missile with him and thanked him for bringing us salvation uh, because of course the kids who are doing the readings, like, like they're, they just do the reading and then they, they give up. They don't like lead. Anyways, it was hilarious. Just it the, was so awesome. Just one hand up. Real, uh, up yes. Real. Yes. They've been trained. So, uh, one hand up, please. Okay. Continue. <laughs> two minute drill. Uh, I'm picking up the two it's minutes. my favorite emoji now. <laughs> the, the one hand up emoji. Yeah. <laughs> the second reading comes from, uh, two Corinthians. All right. So we start off here, brothers and sisters. We got new things. Whoever is new creation. You got you're you're a new thing. Old things have passed away. We we gain reconciliation from this message of reconciliation that Christ has brought us. So we are implored, we are implored to take this message, take this idea, and be reconciled. And the idea, this this clear message, I wrote it down. He made him to be sin who did not know sin. And because of that, we get to become the righteous ones. So we get to become the righteous of God. Pretty awesome. But I really like that phrasing. He made him to be sin who did not know sin. I love it. 
Awesome. So, and a short little gospel. Yeah. Yes. This tiny gospel. Whew. Luke chapter 15, 1 to 3, 11 to 32. Tax collectors and sinners were drawing near to listen to Jesus, but the Pharisees and scribes began to complain, saying, This man who welcomes sinners and eats with them. So to them, Jesus addressed this parable. A man had two sons, and the younger son said to his father, Father, give me a share of your estate that should count to me. So the father divided the property between them. After a few days, the younger son collected all his belongings and set off to a distant country where he squandered his inheritance on a life of dissipation. When he had freely spent everything, a severe famine struck that country, and he found himself in dire need. So he hired himself out to one of the local citizens who sent him to his farm to tend the swine. As he longed to eat his fill of the pods on which the swine fed, but nobody gave him any. Coming to his senses, he thought, how many of my father's hired workers have more than enough to eat? But here I am dying from hunger. I shall get up, I shall go to my father, and I shall say to him, Father, I have sinned against you and against, against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. Treat me as you would one of your hired workers. So he got up and went back to his father. While he was still a long way off, his father caught sight of him and was filled with compassion. He ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. But his father ordered his servants, Quickly, bring the finest robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Take the fattened calf and slaughter it. Then let us celebrate with a feast, because this son of mine was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and has been found. Then the celebration began. Now the older son has been had been out in the field, and on his way back, as he neared the house, he heard the sound of music and dancing. He called one of his servants and asked him what this might mean. The fattened calf, or the servant said to him, Your brother has returned, and your father has slaughtered the fattened calf, because he has him back safe and sound. He became angry, and when he refused to enter the house, his father came out and pleaded with him. He said to his father in reply, Look, all of these years I have served you, and not once did I disobey your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat to feast on with my friends. Yet when your son re- returns, who swallowed up your property with prostitutes, for him you slaughtered the fattened calf. He said to him, My son, you are here with me always. Everything I have is yours. But now we must celebrate and rejoice, because your brother was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and has been found. Woo! Woo! Jeff, have you ever... Um, considered being a lector at at mass i have so this reading i had like a little bit of a head start on because having worked in high school ministry for Mm -hmm. the last 16 years uh read it a few times our christian awakening retreats that we would do five to six times a year um this was and then he ran to him this was an evening reflection that we would do and so i have probably led that evening reflection 40 times Mm -hmm. And always had to find a different. So I've read that reading hundreds of times uh, out loud. So I found myself, I had not read it before we just started here today. But as soon as I got like two sentences in, I was like, oh, this I got is this. great. I know Shut this. Shut the one. book. Yep. Um, yeah, I did it with the book closed for those who can't Father, see the video, is what we'll go with. <laughs> Father Meyer, any uh, any corrections to, to Jeff's insights? Any heresy needed? My- my eight to no, but I would I would do that one. Drill. I was at a I was a reconciliation service one time with uh, Father Bill Munchauer, who, if you don't know, he was just a legend priest in our diocese. He was the chaplain at uh, Cathedral 
uh, high school for a while. And he began at a reconciliation service one time going, tax collectors and sinners, we're all drawing near to listen to Jesus. And then he closed the lecture. He says, you all know the rest of the story. (laughs) 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 Pretty much saying like, we don't have time for this right now. And we just all want to go to confession. It was so awesome. It It was one of the most epic reconciliation services I've ever been to in my life. That's awesome. But no, you did a great job. Thank you for leading us through the readings. Father, do you ever memorize your the gospel reading when you read it? I've never done that. I don't have that ability or that gift. I know of priests that have done that, and I can't trust myself to even read it when it's in front of me. Yeah, I was talking to somebody the other day who said they knew a priest who every Sunday just uh, would walk away from the lectionary and read the gospel just off the yeah. top of their head. That's insane. That's Like I said, that's a gift, and I don't have that gift. Yeah. Um, Father Meyer, I've had the had the pleasure to be on several retreats and um, pilgrimages. So I've gotten to hear a fair amount of homilies that you've given, but never, I don't believe on, on this particular reading. So I'm excited to hear what's in, uh, in store for us this weekend. Well, I'm probably going to make you upset if that's the case, because I'm not going to preach this weekend. I knew you I don't weren't going I, to. I knew it. I always, I always try to, I always try to flip things. Yeah. And I think that everyone's looking you know, over here. Here comes Father Meyer over here. Yeah. So I think the second reading today is one that, and you were all excited very clearly, uh, uh, even Jeff Trailer there, you know, for our sake, he made him to be sin who did not know sin. Uh, I think is, you know, unbelievably powerful. I also am very jacked about the first <laughs> part of the reading. Thank you, Jeff, for the last part of the reading, being excited about that. The first part of the reading where it says, whoever is in Christ is a new creation, old things have passed away. I was just in Denver, Colorado for the wedding of one of your friends, Nathan Crankfield. Oh, yeah. Married a beautiful Emily Harpole. And Denver, Colorado was the home of World Youth Day in 1993. Mm -hmm. Some people know of World Youth Day. Some people don't. Um, When I was in high school in the 90s, I had never heard of World Youth Day. But Pope John Paul II came to the United States of America. And if you go to Denver, Colorado today, like that land is still marked by the effects of of St. John Paul II coming to the United States of America. And it it was when he was in Denver that he gave his very, very famous quote where he said, you are not the sum of your weaknesses and your failures. You are the sum of the father's love for you. Hmm. And the real capacity to become the image of his son, Jesus Christ. So you are not the sum of your weaknesses and failures. You are the sum of the father's love for you. And your real capacity to become the image of his son, Jesus. And when I think of this first line in this reading today, whoever is in Christ is a new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. I think about so many of us, myself included, we live in our past and we allow ourselves to be defined by our past. And this is where sin comes in. This is why the prodigal story is so important. Is that yes, this young man did some horrible things. But the father's love and him encountering the father allowed him to know who he was. And I have no doubt for the rest of his life, he thought about how stupid he was and how he wasted his father's money. And he asked his father to die uh, by asking for his inheritance while his father was still alive and all the things that happened with whatever and the, the choices he made. But 
there, there comes a point in our life where we have to say that our past is our past and we can't allow our past to consume us and to control us. And this reading is, I think, just a powerful, powerful reminder of that, that whoever is in Christ is a new creation, that it's new. The old things have passed away. It is in the past. And we can't allow our past to define who we are and more importantly, whose we are. And I'm very moved. It's like, if you continue to then in this reading, like we, so John Paul II says, we're not the sum of the weaknesses of, of our weaknesses and failures. We are the sum of the father's love for us. So that's who we are. I, I am the sum of the fact that the father loves me so much that his son, Jesus died for, for me on the cross. And then I have a capacity to become the image of his son. So what I've received mercy, I then have to be mercy. And that, that's what this reading also so clearly invites us to be that he has given us a ministry of reconciliation through Jesus. So Jesus comes and reconciles us to the father, but then we have to become reconciliation. So he's entrusting us with the ministry and the message of reconciliation. Hmm. So it's the fact that my reconciliation has to thrust me into be a reconciler that I can't receive mercy from God. I can't go to confession. I can't go to reconciliation service and then expect uh, myself to have unforgiveness towards others. So I need to be reconciled to God. I need to let my past be my past. I need to realize that there's a future in front of me, but then I need to then like live that mercy uh, in my relationship with others. So that's like where I'm at at the moment. Uh, a lot can happen between Tuesday and Saturday at four o'clock. So we'll see what happens, but clearly after being in Denver, that's where my heart is at right now. What, um, what advice can you give people that are still feeling the weight of sin after, even after like going to reconciliation? Cause I think, I think part of, I don't know, I've struggled with that before. Does that question make sense? Welcome, no, yeah, welcome to the human heart. It would be so awesome if we could forget our sins and our weaknesses as much as we forget mathematical equations or directions or where I last put my iPhone, it would be awesome. And we don't. And many of us live shackled by these sins. And so I think the most important thing is the fostering of that relationship with Christ and that identity of, 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 of who I am. So for me, it, it's taking the time in prayer to constantly say like, no, I'm a child of God. And, and I have to actually say it sometimes like, no, my past is my past. And I cannot allow my, my, you know, my past to define who I, who I am now because I encountered something and it changed me. Yeah. I think like it's just as more much- difficult today when like everything that you do in the course of history becomes cataloged in a. And documented. documented in pictures. Yeah. And um, I don't know, like, it can be, it can be really difficult to like, God forgives us. And we know that. And we walk away from confession with becoming that new creation. And, and, but we also have to remember to forgive ourselves in that process. So something I say to people in the confessional quite often is when they come in and they, they confess a sin and I can tell that they're burdened by it. And I say, I need you to right now, like remember where you are at and that this experience right now is just as real. And in fact, it's more real 
than the sin that you committed. What do you like mean by often that? because, so uh, I'm just going to like, just be very, I'll, I'll talk about sexual sins, sins of lust, sins that have clearly attached with them, passion, emotion, mm-hmm. feeling, which run very deep in individuals. They can remember those, their sensual experiences, things of the sorts. So they need to have a tangible reminder of, no, I am here. I am on my knees. I am kneeling in the confessional. This is real because I know that that was real. I know that what happened was real and I can remember that. I can point to it, but this is also real. Like the father is giving me his son. The blood and the mercy of the son is cleansing me at this moment. I am being healed at this moment and my past is no longer mine. He has taken that from me. And although the consequences of sin is, is, is still with me, but, but I have been forgiven. My past is no longer, no longer has a right to define me unless I, and except when I give it power to do so. I think that's beautiful. I think we, you, you spoke of it, but we, and, and Scott referenced it too, but we live in a society where, especially when you get to in, in the world of the internet and social media and things like where it's great to be able to celebrate wins. And, and when somebody has something good happen, they get lifted up. But when somebody does something wrong, the world piles on. It's a thousand times magnified. And so we can, we can be trained in our own minds, um, especially young people who are living that at a, at a constant rate. Um, we can be trained to be that those things that are those bad things are so much worse than any good that can come. So I think that's awesome. The idea of like, okay, train your own brain to remember when you recall those events where you've sinned, where you've struggled, that you immediately then bring yourself to this moment as well. I think it's key because it also makes the reconciliation a real relationship and not just something that I do mechanically, but I am coming to the father. I am kneeling down. I am recognizing my sinfulness, my brokenness, and I'm, yeah, I'm surrendering it to him. Uh, yeah. All right. So it makes it, it makes it tangible. Good stuff. Which means you should, which means you should get to confession as well. Yeah. And I, I, for, for anybody out there that like, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. It is such a grace. And right now, like get out your phone, go to your parish website, find the next time to go to confession, come prepared and make it happen. Walk into the confession and say, Father, I don't know what I'm doing, but all I know is that I want to change my life and the priest will help you. And if not, then you can punch him in the face. So I'm going to advocate another thing. <laughs> Go to your parish website. And if the first thing you see on that website isn't mass times and confession times and call, call your parish, parish office, say fix our website. Cause that should be the first thing that anybody sees on any parish's website. And you I'll give you a hundred dollars to do so. Huh? And I'll give you a hundred dollars to do so. There you go. Contact father Meyer for your hundred dollars. Uh, oh, I meant like um, you would, you would say that to the parish office. Oh, not us. Got it. I'll say it to the parish office. I've said it to parish offices. I will tell the parish office that Father Mile will give them $100. Yes. If they will put the, and that he doesn't work for any department in the archdiocese. So we don't know where that money's coming from. All right. Um, that, that was good. That was, yeah. 
I don't want to say surprisingly good, but I just thought we were heading a different direction. So I know. Was, I, it shouldn't be surprising at all because Father Meyer is always a different direction. I think it's anything. a surprise if it's not a surprise. But so. I also know uh, that I've heard from many people uh, that you're an amazing confessor. And I know you have a deep uh, passion for the ministry of confession and that you've run like 24-hour long confessions and things like that. So not, not for one individual. It's 12 hours, but just we got to put we got to put some sort of truth into this. Sorry, 12 hours. That's still, that's insane and amazing. And I know you do it often and I think it's really cool. So, well, thank you. You, you bring some authority when you talk about that ministry. Good Dude. work. Dumb questions. Dumb questions. It's time for Jeff's Dumb Questions. The part in the show where the glow of the flame of knowledge grows a little dimmer and our collective IQ goes down a few points, all thanks to Jeff. We're sorry. All right, Father. Yes. It's Lent, but we've got a meet Friday coming up. Oh, yeah, we do. And you're on retreat. Oh, you're on your mission trip. Are you guys yeah. blowing out meet Friday on the mission trip? Oh, yeah. It's going to be pretty pretty awesome because it's also the last day. And on our way home, they're going to like one of those crazy fun parks where they can do like laser tag and all the stuff, like a kind of like a little bit of a reward. Mm. And of course, they're all going to wear blue because they love Mary. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I actually received an email from one of my parishioners and they're like, Hey, um, am I allowed to eat pork this Friday? And I don't know why they responded. Like they didn't say like, can I eat meat? They said, can I eat pork? And of course my response was like, uh, yes, one, because we're celebrating the annunciation and two, because we're not Jewish. So, um, <laughs> in that, order. I just, I just want to like throw that out there. Like if you're going to do it, like go big, like get some pork chops. Yeah, no, I, uh, so there's, I think there is a really fun fascination with meat Fridays in the Catholic oh, culture. Yeah. Like when people look at Lent and they figure out, so can you help us help our dumb brains explain and understand why, what would qualify for a meat Friday in Lent? Yeah. So the church believes in fasting, but if we believe in fasting, we also have to believe in feasting. And there are certain days throughout the year, just as there were in the Jewish, there were Jewish feast days. Passover, the Feast of Booths, the Feast of Tabernacles, and um, these feast days required certain ways that they lived their lives, liturgical laws, dietary laws. And so as Christianity grew out of Judaism, we continued with the same thing. So we have high holy feast days, Christmas and Easter, of course, everybody knows, but we also would have um, feast days such as the Annunciation of the Blessed Virgin Mary, which is March 25th, nine days before nine months before uh, Christmas. So get your shopping ready. And thank you for um, enunciating that, by the way, some of you haven't paid off the bills from three months ago, but nonetheless, uh, we celebrate those feast days. And a lot of times, you know, things like arts, it's nice when it's on a Sunday, like Easter, but Christmas is not on a, on a Sunday. And so in the midst of Lent, in the midst of these 40 days of preparation for Easter, while we're fasting and disciplining ourselves, we have these solemnities and sometimes they, they rest on a Friday, which is a penitential day during the season of Lent. However, we believe that the incarnation of Jesus is more important than your own particular communal penances that you're doing. So we want you to celebrate even though it is a Friday. In fact, here, let's, I'm just going to throw out some peculiar, some peculiar things for you. Yeah. I don't know what y'all did last Friday, even after four o'clock, but technically oh, last Friday, Technically, last Friday after four o'clock, y'all could have been uh, mowing down on some chicken. And if you're or from pork. southeastern, or pork or beef, whatever meat. And 
because uh, the Solemnity of St. Joseph, of course, was on the 19th, which was Saturday. However, it began technically at four o'clock, just like uh, mass does on Saturday on Saturday evenings, but does, yeah, or or Christmas Eve does. But does that mean that you need to start your 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 uh, penance at four p.m. on Thursday? You know, that's where there's like a little bit of of start your penance on four p.m. on Thursday. So do we have this to start again? fasting fasting on four p.m. on Thursday if you're gonna r- recognize the solemnity at four p.m. on Friday? Should I go meatless at 4 p.m. on Thursday if I know that I'm going to mow down on meat at 4 p.m. on Friday? No, because Thursday isn't a meatless day. But does it? But does the meatless day start at 4 p.m.? Or is that just the solemnity? The solemnity begins. Okay, because it has a vigil. Yes, because it has a vigil. Ah, yeah, got it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So anyways, yeah, so this Friday we're celebrating the incarnation of Jesus in the womb of the Blessed Virgin Mary, I always like to qualify that, be very clear about that, because sometimes people think the Immaculate Conception is the conception of Jesus. No, that's the conception of Mary yes. in the womb of St. Anne. So this is the conception of Jesus in his mother's womb through the power of the Holy Spirit, and we're super excited about it. We also like to talk about angels, like you know the angel Gabriel who brought that message to Mary, and she said yes, because she's awesome. So yeah, so eat up. Uh, but I mean, like we should never commit gluttony or do anything silly. So, but like, nonetheless, like it's a day and more importantly, like we should be like going to mass on Friday, praying the rosary, praying the, you know, the joyful mysteries, uh, doing things like that, honoring our, you know, our lady, you can, you can have flowers, um, you know, in your church, or if you wanted to bring some flowers into your home to honor our lady that day, you could do that as well. Wear blue, sing Marian hymns. Yeah. Love it. Awesome. Any other questions? Uh, Father, what's the best fish fry you've ever been to? The other direction now. Oh, well. Now, wait, clear, you have cl- you have seven pair, seven church buildings that you oversee, correct? Yeah, and I have three fish fries, and yeah, they're excellent. Say, yeah, yeah so I would encourage cool. anyone to eat fish at St. Martin's of the All Saints Parish of St. Teresa, Benedict of the Cross in Bright, or at St. Mary's in Aurora. All of them have great fish fries, and all of them are just $12. So come on down to Southeastern Indiana, where everything is wonderful. Uh, but which one has the best fish fry? Come down to Southeastern <laughs> Indiana. To which parish do you not Saint- served at, other than the, the wonderful fish fries you have there? Which parish that you're not currently serving has is the best fish fry you've ever been to? And what made it so? Come to All Saints Parish and <laughs> across the St. Mary's and Aurora in southeastern Indiana for the best fish ever. Well, I'm not going to endorse. I'm not going to endorse other fish fries when I when I have three of them my own, my brother. <sighs> All right. By the way, we have had a problem of selling out of fish. We're, we're having like so many people are coming to our fish fries. We've actually had to like turn people away. It's been. A, it's a good problem. I, it's a it's a great problem. Parents, I, I keep parents, telling, I keep, we had the same discussion. Like we ran out of fish at the last fish fry for the last like twenty minutes, and and so many people were so upset. And I was like, guys, that's good business. No, it's great business, and we're we're not a restaurant. No, like exactly, they aren't going to go online and like give us a review. Like we are a non for profit making money to try to preach yeah. the gospel message. They and show like, up earlier next time. Anyway. Yeah, holla. All right. Anything else? Any closing closing words, Father? No. No? Okay. That's what I have for today. Bye. Have a good Lent. It's all right, cause I'm a sepulchre. It's all right, cause I'm a sepulchre. It's all right, cause I'm a sepulchre Sunday.